Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen who are out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It'd be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Steens. That would be a little weird. That's all you got to say, I guess. Yeah. That's 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 it. That's it. All right. Well, wherever you are in our great state, Strange Brew Coffee is just a click away. If you don't live in Starkville or Tupelo, go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com in order to be shipped. Whatever kind of coffee machines on your front counter, we got you covered at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. And guys, some great stuff coming through the pipes at College Corner. Father's Day is coming up. If you haven't gotten dad anything yet, head down to Jackson. It's probably too late to ship. But you head down to Jackson, go to the uh, store in Ridgeland, by Fleet Feet or by the, fl- the Flowwood store, by the Half Shell, and grab a great polo, a great T-shirt, baseball cap, or just a lot of great different gifts for dad at College Corner. Everything maroon and white, it's right there waiting on you at College Corner. Restaurant Tyler, start bulls flagship restaurant the best restaurant in town best for lunch best for dinner best for sunday brunch it's where you want to go if you got a big night if you, if you're, you gotta you want to take your your love your, your your loved one on a on a hot date place to go is restaurant tyler it's just so good especially for dinner steaks pork chops pasta chicken they've got it all whatever kind of, they got and look if you're a vegetarian they got you covered there too you know i'm not a vegetarian but i don't judge I don't judge. Eat what you want and enjoy it because they've always got a great meal ready for you at Restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout Central Mississippi ready to serve you. Go to PriorityOneBank.com. PriorityOneBank.com to find the location nearest you. Open an account and start to build the relationship with your local bank that's going to pay dividends for you in the future. There's going to come a time in your life where you need to make a loan decision, where you're talking about a new car, a new home, maybe something for a small business. You want to be able to go in and talk to people you know and people you trust. You don't want to have to deal with a corporate bank. Small town, local banks are the cornerstone of that, and Priority One Bank is ready to be there for you when that time comes. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Robbie and I were going to record the show about, about eight hours ago, or seven hours ago, I guess. And then when he got, as soon as he got on, I was like, we can't do this show because the big news doesn't come out until later tonight. But we now we have the big news so we can do the show. And the big news is we don't have a pitching coach yet. All right, great. Great talk. Talk to you tomorrow. What a fun show. Now, we finally have it, Robbie. The 2024 football schedule is out. 
Uh, and I think it's safe to say, first off, I'd like to point out that Sports Talk Mississippi and I, we had that information before anyone else. I'd like to say that right there. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking for all my Brian Haydad had it first tweets. I'm not seeing those, but I'm sure that's just an oversight on my part. <laughs> I, I wasn't paying attention to any of it, to be honest yes. with you. Wow. But that being said, I want to say this. I feel like there's some overreacting going on to the schedule. First and foremost, this is the SEC. Did, did you did you think State was going to get Missouri, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, South Carolina, Arkansas, Texas A&M, and Ole Miss? Is that what you thought was going to happen? Yeah, you know, everybody looked into this schedule. It's brutal. I mean, <laughs> it's the same schedule as every year. <laughs> if, if you look, if you look at Mississippi State's schedule every single season, you're going to say that schedule is pretty brutal because if there's going to be an Alabama, ten, exactly. Tennessee. They're at Georgia. Let's go through the whole schedule, and then we'll, they'll make my point here. The schedule is thus. For for home games, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Florida, Missouri, at Ole Miss, at Georgia, at Tennessee, at Texas. If I changed it and said at Alabama, at LSU, at Auburn, is it really that different than what you've seen your entire life? Right. It's the same. The, my big takeaway here is State doesn't have to play LSU or Alabama. That's great. You should be thrilled by it. Both of those would be road games next year, too. Because they're home games for state this year. They wouldn't double up. So yeah. and then you've got four very winnable home games. You have four winnable non-conference games. Three of them are are pushovers, and one of them is Arizona State, which is a game you think state can win. There's a there's a path here to eight wins in Zach Arnett's and, and then the egg bowl is a toss-up. It doesn't really matter where it's played. This is yeah. not look. Is Georgia, Tennessee, Texas tough? Yes, but this is the SEC. There's nobody whose road schedule they're just looking at and going, well, we got it easy today. Maybe Georgia, because they're better than everybody else. But that that's a very workable schedule for Mississippi State. It is. It's it's a very manageable schedule. I think there I looked at the home schedule and my first thought was State could win all of those home games. Yeah, they could. And very very few times have I said that about Mississippi State's SEC schedule when I look at it saying they can win all of these games at home. The road's going to be tough. They they could very easily lose all of those. But, I, you know, I think te- I, I'm not completely sold on Texas. Uh, I'm not saying State's going to go to Austin and win that game, but I, I continue to believe that this is going to be a very hard move for Texas. I think it's going to be tough playing the schedule for them uh, because they're already a team that historically over the last 10, 12 years has been very comparable to Mississippi State from a win-loss standpoint. And that's a team that's got probably, you know, one of the biggest brands, definitely one of the br- biggest brand brands in college sports. You can argue the biggest brand in college sports from a total, uh, you know, collegiate athletic standpoint. Uh, they got all the money in the world, and they're averaging seven, eight wins. So I'm not, I'm not going to go ahead and throw that one in the uh, cellar for Mississippi State. I think that that's a manageable game. It's hard to look at the schedule and just predict the wins and losses when you have no idea what the situation is going to be at quarterback. The, today, I just I'm not I doubt it's there's anything I can get in trouble about with this, but we have a Slack group on 247 for SEC teams mm-hmm. 
where we talk about um, the 2024 schedule yeah. and what the team might look like. And every single team site is talking about what their team might look like. And so mine was, you know, it kind of depends on, I don't know what they got at quarterback and they're going to be replacing some guys. Almost every single person was talking about the quarterback position. And that's why every time that we talk about teams on here, every time we break down schedules, I always go straight to what do they have at quarterback? Yeah. Because I think that's the most important thing. And for Mississippi State in 2024, and for this season as well, to be able to have the season that you want, they've have they have to be good at quarterback. And we feel good about Will Rogers. Of course, the ceiling could be much higher for your quarterback, but you know kind of you're going to be stable with him at quarterback. We have no idea what Mississippi State is going to look like quarterback next year. Right. So this is a, that changes everything. It's very fair to guess that the person who starts week one for Mississippi State next season is not currently on the Mississippi State roster. Yeah. I mean, it could be Chris Parson. Could be. But more than likely, it's going to be somebody out of the portal. And we don't know who that is. I, I think I, ideally – you can get a a grad transfer, somebody that's been great at a group of five, or even somebody that's a backup at a at a power five that's you know ready to make the jump. That's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. You get that guy to to come in, step in, and be your guy next year. And then Chris Parson is, is kind of developing under that person and as a redshirt sophomore. Mm-hmm. He's ready to go. That's the ideal situation, but a lot of times it don't work out that way. But for right. Mississippi State, I think. The best thing that, that that could happen for them next year is that they Will Rogers, if he moves on to the NFL, you get a guy that comes in and um, can help you there. Because if you don't have that guy, then the schedule looks then then the schedule does look really daunting. Mm-hmm. Um, like you mentioned before, uh, when we start kind of digging into it, mm-hmm. but on, on the surface right now, no Alabama for the first time since. What the forties? Forty-seven. Forty-seven. I mean, right after World War Two. I mean that that's that's insane. <laughs> I believe no. I'm sorry. It's LSU is the first one. Forty-seven. Fifty-four was the last year state. You know, didn't play Alabama. Well, still, I mean, it's, it's been it's been decades. Yeah. A, a large portion of this fan base has watched Mississippi State Alabama every single year of their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just insane. And you won't see either one of those teams on the schedule this year. I think that's that's an intriguing part of this expansion that you don't necessarily have to play those two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, it's uh, you know, take away those games. Those are those are some games that really sell. But I, you know, I don't know as far as from a selling standpoint. I don't know if the schedule really really gets you going. You know, Missouri oh. at home now. I mean, Arkansas, eh. Florida's not going to be great. They, they do have the name. I, I was a surprised, Robbie, that considering State hasn't been to Florida since 2010 and Tennessee hasn't been to Mississippi State since 2012, that that didn't flip. That they didn't send State to Florida and send Tennessee to Starkville. I thought that would have yeah. been an easy, you know, fix. But as it is, State will go another. It has literally been 14, 13 seasons now. Since state state has been to to play Florida, one thing to cons- to keep in mind when we're talking about this schedule is that this is kind of a one off. You know, we all believe that next year the conference will go to nine conference games. 
Um, and when that happens, you know, so if you're a person thinking, okay, so next year it's Georgia, Tennessee, Texas will all be in Starkville. Probably not. Ole Miss will be, but probably not. Let me ask you this though. If if let's assume that that, that my theory on that is correct, that states that they're going to nine games. That means they'll go to the three six model. Three permanent, six rotating. Do you think that these teams that states three are currently on the schedule? Uh, I think Texas A and M. A and M was one that we heard. We heard Kentucky a lot, and obviously they're not on there. First time since nineteen eighty nine, state hasn't played Kentucky. Yeah, that's another one. I mean, you you just don't realize how long you played that series. Well, Ole Miss is going to be a permanent. Does that count? That's the only one that we know for sure. Yeah. Okay, so. Uh, then you're looking. I, th- I really feel like it's going to be A and M, Bama, and Ole Miss. Bama, really? I mean, I mean, you really? I mean, uh, Kentucky. Oh, okay. Yeah. Come through this screen to grab hold of you and slap. No, I've, God, I was just, I was just thinking about Alabama for some reason. I meant, I mean, Kentucky. Okay. And if that's the case, you've, you've won. I mean, who could have a better draw than that? Yeah. And that, that's not. And and Kentucky is not the Kentucky that we've. That we knew growing up, this is They're a so much team. different Kentucky team. This is a better team, but if you had the, if if you had your druthers here, mm-hmm. and you can replace Alabama with with Kentucky, or, yeah, you know uh, LSU with Kentucky every year, you're taking that all day because there's not at the end of the day there's not there's not many more teams that would be more manageable in a year by year basis than Kentucky outside of Missouri. Vanderbilt, who else? I mean, South Carolina. I mean, I mean, South Carolina is good more often than not. One thing that uh, you said, you know, it's not the Kentucky we grew up with. It's not the Mississippi State we grew up with either. Right. Mississippi State is a good team year and out. Bud Elliott taking shots at Mississippi State for some odd reason. Look, and he did the same thing. uh, You know, this is not going to be a a pushover schedule for, um, who was he saying? Kentucky. Yeah. They don't have to play Mississippi State. Mississippi State beats Kentucky every single time they come to Starville. Yeah. And it just became a situation when they went, go to Kentucky where yeah. Kentucky Prior State that, beat that team like, what, 10 yeah. years in a row or something? Like, something like that, yeah. Well, this perception is, is Ole Miss has lost to Vanderbilt like four or five times in the last decade. And never mentioned it. That, nobody uh, mentions that. It's just it's a perception thing. The the people outside of this really is area, really, I mean, is they, they consider Mississippi State the Vanderbilt of the SEC West. Yeah. I mean, it is. And if you look at the numbers, it makes these people look so foolish. Whenever you pull up the numbers, I mean, it's like a a quote tweeted one fifty two to forty in the last five meetings between Vanderbilt and Mississippi State. Like you said, Ole Miss has lost games to Vanderbilt since the last time Vandy beat Mississippi State. Yeah. So I, this whole idea that Mississippi State is this crap program that is, you know, bottom of the barrel, everybody's homecoming is just ridiculous. Yeah. And it's like, and I love Bud. I think he's great. Great. Uh, great he's, guy. He's, he really is. But like, you guys cover college football for a living and you don't have an idea that, you know, Mississippi State has been a lot better than what you're saying they are. And and never mention Ole Miss or stuff like that. Yeah. I, I don't get it. Yeah. All right. So that's your 2024 schedule. 
for, for Mississippi State. It's so funny getting you know, and I, I am excited about this because you know, we're talking about games, and I, I love Texas and Oklahoma coming in, and I, the idea of State playing at Texas is outstanding to me. We're two months away from the 2023 season getting started up, basically. Like it, we got a long way to go, but it is what it is. All right, let's move on into the rest of the show. Let's brought to our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. We are into grill season. It's the summer. It's time to be cooking out. If you're having a cookout, make beef the star of the show. You know your friends and family are going to thank you if you do. Everybody loves you come over to somebody's house and like, hey, you know, somebody invites you to, hey, we're having a cookout. Great. I'll be there. You show up, all right, what are we eating? Oh, you know, I, I got I got ribeyes on the grill for everybody. Who's mad? Who, Nobody. Who, who's like, oh, well, oh, look at the time. I got to go. No, we're having a good vegans. time. Well, that, vegans are mad all the time. They, they, they really are. Because they're hungry. Yeah, because they're hungry. If you're so, eating rabbit food all the time, you're not going to be happy. Why eat rabbit food when you can eat rabbit? Rabbit's delicious. But not there as delicious go. as beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Speaking of delicious, Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. Get over there this weekend if you're in Starkville, or any weekend, or any time you're in Starkville, or if you live in Starkville, or if you're near Starkville, if you're in Columbus or West Point, just drive over here for lunch at Two Brothers. It's just that good. Grab some smoked wings. They're the best I've ever had. Grab some pork rind nachos, one of Starkville's finest appetizers great selection of barbecue tacos sandwiches burgers of course our favorite the prime rib sandwich can't be beat and don't forget they're a bulldog initiative business so you are supporting the bulldog initiative when you dine with our good friends at two brothers the purveyors of smoked southern soul food great products and great service is what every business likes to promise you they deliver it to you at advantage business systems and they have for going on 49 years, nearly a half century of excellence, of taking care of their customers and providing great products and great service. And that's all you can really ask for. And that's how you know. That's the receipt that you need. If, if somebody's been open that long, you know that they take care of their customers. So give them a call today and see what they can do for you. 601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Rogue and Jackson, if you're going to be in the Jackson area and you need a Father's Day gift, it's time to stop by the Rogue and check out their collegiate collection. Now, by the way, just just so I, you know, the collegiate collection of the Rogue is outstanding. But this is the Rogue we're talking about, one of the South's premier men's clothing stores. So whatever you want to get for dad, if you're if you're a I'm going to get dad a tie for Christmas or for Father's Day kind of a family, they have a great selection of ties. At the Rogue. Shoes, shirts, slacks, suits. They've got it all. But the collegiate collection, that's what we're going to talk about. Great polos, great pullovers, fit well, stylish, and they have the logos that you guys want. We all know. I don't care what certain people say on certain message boards. We all know nobody wants the banner M. So get the state script. Get the M over S. They've got it at the Rogue. Shop at the Rogue in Jackson or online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. It's rainy out there today, but most of, now we're into the summer. It's starting to heat up. Cool off with a sweet treat from our friends over at Dolce. They're open at 7.30 a.m. for breakfast Tuesday through Saturday. But if you get there in the afternoon, it's a little hot. You're like, I got to cool down a little bit. A, a 
gelato or a milkshake from Dolce is what's going to hit the spot. You deserve a little sweet treat. You deserve to give yourself a little pickup in the afternoon. Head over to 509 University Drive and grab it from our friends at Dolce. One reminder, and Robbie, this is going to be news to you. I'm about to make you kind of happy. But we will be uh, tomorrow, uh, the the Thunder and Lightning podcast. It's today as you're listening. So it's like that. I'm going to make that clear. Thursday, today, as you're listening, Thunder and Lightning will be live at Long's Fish Camp for the Thunder and Lightning Catfish Tour brought to you by our friends at Superior Catfish. And we have convinced them to be open for lunch. Yes. So if you're a person like, I love Long's Fish Camp, but they're never open for lunch, they will be open for lunch today. Please come and dine with them and come see us at the, on, on the show. We will be there. We'll be talking to people from the restaurant, from Superior Catfish, and we'll be talking some MSU sports, obviously, as well. So a lot of fun. We're ready to have it with you at Long's Fish Camp. It's no, stop number two on the Thunder and Lightning Summer Catfish Tour brought to you by Superior Catfish. Are you happy? I'm happy. I'm, I'm really happy. I, uh, we're going to get the word out. I wish yeah. we would I wish we would have had this out a little earlier. Yeah, but I, I just found out like 30 minutes ago, so here we are. The the fact that they're doing this for us, which I are they doing this for us? Well, I don't think they're doing it without us. So, yeah, let's say that. Yes. So, thank you to the people at Longs. Yeah. Um, Looking 11, forward to eating some great 11, 1130. Yeah, let's, we... let's say, let's just say lunchtime. You know, they open, they're going to be able to open at 11. Come on in. I mean, if we're waiting around talking Bulldog sports, there are worse ways to spend the afternoon, I promise. Okay. Right. Well, let's say 11. Let's just, just say so people know when to get there. Have some say fried 11. catfish. I love fried catfish. Yeah, we're not doing fried chicken. We're doing fried catfish. That's right. All right. It's opponent preview time. We got to do that now. Uh, Luke Johnson, that's Scalawag. No, he was a busy man today. Couldn't join up with me. But I was able to uh, get an interview, and we'll go to that in just a moment. But Mississippi State USM, that's the the, the game that we're on. You know, we're so focused on this 2023 schedule. And we have I mean, our 2024 schedule. I got to like shift my brain to get back to it. So let's get into that interview right now with Andrew Abadie. He covers the Golden Eagles for Pine Belt Sports uh, down there. Got his thoughts on the Golden Eagles and this game, a renewal of uh, the rivalry with Southern Miss just five days before the Egg Bowl. We're on to week two of opponent previews here on Thunder and Lightning. It means we're talking Southern Miss. Andrew Abadie joins me today. He's the uh, sports editor. For Pine Belt Sports covering the Golden Eagles down there. And, you know, I really liked what USM did a season ago. I thought that they, you know, they made what I would consider sort of a natural progression, right? Year one of Will Hall, they struggled a bit, but they showed you some flashes. Last year, they were a bowl team. I really think they can compete for a Sun Belt title this year. Am I off in that that assessment, or do you like this USM team? Um, you know, I, I don't think your assessment's wrong. I think the Sun Belt is really it was kind of wide open last year. You know, anybody could come out and win. Obviously, Coastal was a favorite. But, yeah, the Sun Belt is it's competitive from top to bottom. I think anybody on, you know, any given Saturday could come out and, and win it. Um, in terms of where Southern Miss is now, you know, year one of weird of, of Will Hall's first year was weird. I, it's almost like it wasn't a real first year for most coaches having 60 scholarship players to me. Last year was more of a year one, a true year one for most coaches. He could bring in guys that he wanted. Um, and, you know, we saw him do that. We saw him take advantage of the transfer portal. There's loads of Ole Miss and Mississippi State, uh, former Ole Miss, Mississippi State players on there. And it's worked. 
And, um, you know, I think this year we'll, we'll kind of see maybe I think the offense Will Hall would like to have um, in terms of defense. It's going to be interesting. They have talent, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how they how they do. I mean, they, they lost their defensive coordinator, Austin Armstrong, Florida. Um, so I, I do have some question marks for the defense. Well, let's get into all of that. And obviously, you know, the first thing that's on Southern Misses and Will Hall's list is to get a season of consistent quarterback play. He has not had that in his first two years in Hattiesburg. You know, it's great to have Frank Gore there in the backfield to, to help, you know, with the running game, but they've got to be better and more, more consistent at the most important position. Who are the candidates there to, to be under center this year? So I think they've upgraded at quarterback i think they're i think no matter who they end up choosing they'll be better off than where they have been uh you have the clemson transfer billy wiles uh will hall had uh recruited him from tulane and then uh at the last minute clemson offered him a preferred walk-on and apparently heading into this upcoming season he was going to be the uh number two guy on clemson's step chart but he wanted to play right away um, he looked good, but he did get hurt during the spring. He had a oblique strain, and you could tell it was kind of messing with how he was throwing the ball in the second half of spring. But the other guy who looked really good was Holman Edwards, uh, East Central Community College uh, transfer. Man, he, he can run and throw. I, I think Wiles is a little bit more accurate with the deep ball, but I think Edwards can, you know, he can run, and I think he runs the offense a little bit better. Um, and then, of course, you got Zach Wilkie, who, um, you know, started a few games last year, had a lot of true freshman moments, but there's potential. He's kind of stuck with the second string, but he looks like he has built on from his experiences last year. I'd be surprised if he uh, ended up with the starting job, though. Whoever gets that position, they've got a, a big hole to fill in the passing game with Jason Brownlee gone, a great big play threat for the Golden Eagles last year. Who can be that guy for them this season? Yeah, it's going to be tough to replace Jason Brownlee. Uh, you know, I don't know if they have a guy who they can just throw it up to and he's going to come down with it. I, I've kind of yet to see that. Um, but I do think there is emerging talent. You've got Jacarius Caston, who's back. Um, another guy that um, had flashes last year and is looking like he's going to be a major role player is Ty Mims. Uh, kind of a, I think he was a true freshman last season. I'm still switching from football to baseball in my brain. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I've been off then, of that I, for about three months now. I haven't had that issue. <laughs> I had to, I had to like brush up. I was like, Oh man, I got to switch brains quick. But uh, another name, I think that will get a little bit more uh, passes thrown to him is Cole Cavello tight end. Um, they put just put him on one of the preseason Sunbelt teams from one of some other website. But I, I think those are going to be three names that are going to be, you know, come that Mississippi State matchup, those are going to be three passing options that uh, Southern Miss has been to throw the ball to. And then, of course, you know, Gore is a fantastic back. You know, some great running backs in the country this year. Gore is up there with them. But it all depends on what's up in front of him. What does this offensive line look like for Southern Miss? You got three starters back. Um, and, you know, guys that have had experience with the exception of maybe one of them um, who, who will be, uh, I think he was a redshirt freshman, one of the twins brothers whose name is escaping me right now, but this is an experienced bunch. They look a lot better. Uh, and, you know, it's hard to judge these judge, judge college teams off of spring, but they look concise. They look a lot more. There's a gel to them now. Um, I think last year it was trying to figure things out. And I think, I think they'll be fine with offensive line, at least in the Sun Belt. Um, just because they have experience, there's, you know, 
there's you know there's a, there's a full, there's a foundation there on the offensive line. They had missed that for the last two years um, under Will Hall. Um, so I I think they're going to be all right. Um, you know we talk about Frank Gore. Obviously, you know he, just what he did in that bowl game speaks for himself. But I think they have a number a true number two running back that they are going to be able to hand the ball off to and complement Gore with Drake Clark. Um, who can't, who comes in from Memphis? Gore doesn't really take a lot of snaps when they do their scrimmages and stuff because they don't. They already know what he can do. That there's no point in risking him. But Drake Clark has looked really good. He's a guy that can turn a corner and run, and more importantly, run people over. Which is they haven't really had a bruiser running back in quite some time. Defensively, you mentioned Austin Armstrong was a tremendous coach a season ago. Really enjoyed watching his defenses. Not really surprised to see his meteoric rise, you know, from one year at USM. Now he's at Florida. So, you know, that defense, though, they, they've had some personnel losses, obviously losing their coordinator. What are they going to look like this season? Will they still be? I mean, that was a defense that caused a lot of havoc. They enjoyed playing unusual formations and bringing guys from all over. What are they going to look like this year? Going to kind of be more of the same, to be honest. Um, the guy that they have promoted is Dan O'Brien, who was the safeties coach. And in my opinion, in the last two years, that's been the bread and butter of their defense. They had a lot of talent there, of course. But he was Austin Armstrong's right-hand man. And, uh, you know, for Will Hall, it was kind of a no-brainer to promote him to that D.C. spot. Um, and they're not going to be much different. That, and, and the only difference is that the names are going to change with that secondary you know, they lose some guys to the draft, um, you know, they and, uh, you know, some other guys got pro opportunities. That's my biggest worry, though, is the secondary, just because there's a lot of turnover outside of Jay Stanley. Uh, but we're going to see if, uh, you know, Will Hall going after these Mississippi State and Ole Miss guys in the, in the portal, um, those are going to be the guys starting back there. So that'll be a really interesting for, for that, uh, that matchup uh, against State. But We'll see if it pays off for them because, I, to be honest, I can't quite tell what this defense is going to look like. They were really banged up when the linebacker core, they're expecting to get all those guys back, Swayze, Bozeman, Josh Carr, um, and Hayes Maples, who was out uh, for the year with an ACL tear last year. Um, it's hard to judge them because they lean on their linebackers, and their linebackers weren't healthy this spring. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what they really look like come this fall. We saw a lot of group of five, power five upsets last season. You know, uh, we obviously saw App State take down Texas A&M for, for a Sunbelt SEC uh, upset. When, when that game rolls around late November, you know, State may be looking ahead to the Egg Bowl a little bit. What does Southern Miss have to do when they come to Starkville to walk out with, a, with an upset win? Well, I think number one is you really hope they're healthy. <laughs> that Come that time of year, who knows where they're at. As we all know, what happened to USM a couple years ago when they had that 11 people play quarterback. Um, and, yeah, uh, I think that's a big part of it. Uh, you know, I, I also, you know, I, I don't know the specifics on State, but if State is, have, is struggling, you know, um, come down the stretch, you'd like to think Southern Miss has a chance for that game, especially with Egg Bowl week on the horizon. Um you know, I, in terms of what Southern Miss has to do, I think the biggest thing is if their offense is clicking and their defense is just average, um, I think they have a chance. Uh, you have to wonder what Mississippi State is like without Mike Leach this year, RIP to him. Um, and, you know, I think that's the question mark. We're all wondering what the Bulldogs are really going to be like. And, you know, I don't know what Southern Miss is going to be like uh, either because their schedule is rough this year. And, uh, you know, they could be 
at 500, they could have they could have eight wins at that point. They could have three wins at that point. It's hard to know with what that matchup will really look like. But I think the weird the the thing that is in Southern Miss's favor is that it's Egg Bowl week, and you know if you're Mississippi State, how do you not look ahead to that? Yeah, we'll see what happens. Always good to have Southern Miss back on the schedule. As far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm a fan of, of that rivalry and. Uh, playing it the week before the Egg Bowl is interesting, you know. As an older mm-hmm. guy, I'm, I'm, that's a, it's sort of weird for me, but we'll see how it all plays out when we get to late November. Late November, Andrew Abadie, thanks so much for joining me, man. Appreciate your time. Yes, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Anytime you guys uh, need me, I'm I'm around. All right, thanks to Andrew for his time. Appreciate that. Really good insight. It's it's just as simple for me with Southern Miss, Robbie. I think they're going to be a good team. I think they can compete in the Sun Belt for the championship. But they have to be better at quarterback. And I don't know who that guy is going to be for them, but they cannot do another year of Frank Gore taking snaps at quarterback and running the ball 40-plus times a game. They have to be more balanced this year. Yeah, they got to figure that out. They, they've they really struggled at quarterback since probably Nick Mullins was there. I mean, what was the the last guy? That I mean, Jack felt? Abraham had, a, had one good he year solid. there. He was yeah. solid. But, it you know, it just wasn't. It wasn't, you know, setting the world on fire, right? And they they need some stability there, um, you know. That we kind of thought it was going to be Ty Keys that turned out to not work. So it, you don't really, again, I mean, I'm thinking about quarterbacks when I'm going into these games. What what's going to happen at quarterback for them this year? Now, a lot of the stuff that's happened to them has been completely against their control. Guys getting hurt things like that, because, you know, last year they had several guys go down with injury and they they never found the stability there at quarterback, and they had to basically utilize their running back a lot of times at at quarterback. Frank Gore uh, was 8 of 15 passing for 191 yards, but a lot of times they're putting him back there at a a wildcat and, you know, direct snap and all that stuff. So it's it's really going to be interesting to see what they can do there. They've – Went pretty hard in the portal. Last two years, they've done a good job of picking up those guys from State and Ole Miss that were going to play. They really have. And that I think that's going to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Rodriguez, Rodriguez Clark's going to be a good uh, back for them to mm-hmm. help out uh, Frank Gore a little bit. And I mean, you have some good offensive pieces. Um, which I'm trying to think what else they got back there. What what they've done a really good job of um, with the ties that they have on that coaching staff is cleaning up all of the guys that didn't go to state in Ole Miss, um, and it's kind of in, that's included in the transfer portal. When those guys leave, they they hit them up pretty hard. But you know, when you look at some of these these guys that came from the state, they were really good players in high school that. Suddenly didn't have the options in the SEC. Southern Miss picked them up. Jay, a Jay Stanley at Brandon transferred from Ole Miss. Um, Dylan Lawrence transferred from Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drake, we talked about him. You know, the, the Chandler Pittman from McGee, he had a great season a couple of years ago. Clemens is on that roster, isn't he? Clemens, yeah. MJ Daniels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, I covered Quez McNeil in high school at Choctaw County. He was my defensive player of the year, Starkville Daily News. He goes to Colin has a great two seasons there. I think he can really help them next next year in defensive back. So I agree. I you know I look at this roster. It's not 
There's not a whole lot of SEC talent on it, but you got a lot of really good hard nosed kids on this roster. They can be some. They can be trouble for some teams. It's really this simple when you talk about this game. If if both teams play their best game, Mississippi State's going to win. Yeah. You know, what what Southern has to have happen is they play their best game, and they Mississippi State makes mistakes and they take advantage of them, turnovers, uh, penalties, things like that. We saw last year App State went to Texas A and M and won. Uh, Georgia Southern went to Nebraska and won. Uh, App State almost knocked off uh, North Carolina in Week One. So these, you know, it's very, it, it's not a gimme. It's not a a pushover. Obviously, you would think you would take State to win as we sit here in June, but it's it's not a situation where Southern Miss is just going to come in and State's going to just walk off. It's not like it was two the last two years for State the week before the Egg Bowl, playing Tennessee State and East Tennessee State. This is no, a real game that State will not – you can't look at it and say, well, State should be able to get the starters out by halftime and and you know get some rest for the Egg Bowl. That's not going to be the case. This is going to be a four-quarter football game, and you know State's going to have to play a good game to win it. Southern will definitely come ready to play. There's no doubt. This is, I, I still think the State should win this game. Yes. Um, you know – not not relatively easy, but you know it should be. You're good enough; it should be comfortable, right? But it's not. It's 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 one of the, one of those dangerous ball games that you're playing right in the middle of um, a week where you're preparing for your hated rival. Mm-hmm. I don't like this. I don't like the positioning on the schedule. And we don't know who state's playing. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. This I'm thinking 2024 again. Who do they play the week before this game? Um. I had twenty twenty four completely. I was like, we don't know who they're playing. They play. They're at Texas A and M. So you got to go on the road to College Station, come back and play this game against Southern Miss, and then you get the short week. That's that's tough. That, this yeah, game is, is not, in a tough spot. Not great. So this is a game where, like I said this on the on the radio, and people got mad, but it, I think it'll be really close for a half, three quarters, and then in this fourth quarter, depth. And state just sort of pulls away and ends up winning by, you know, some of the final score, something like 34 20, 34 17, something like that. Yeah. yeah you know, it's, it's, right, so we'll see. Uh, people, I mean, I know people have given you a hard time in that fan base, but okay. if you're being real with yourself, yeah. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. There's, I, I'm not smart. I mean, yeah. I mean, like that. That's not us being homers. That's not. I mean, we've watched the last three Mississippi State Southern right. Miss games. That's just how it is. I mean, well, I mean, that I feel like these same Southern Miss fans. If if State was playing ULM or South Alabama, and you make your South Alabama jokes, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I, I said this. Nobody would say anything, but because I'm saying Southern Miss, you know, it it hits close to home. But it's just the. I mean, it's the the food chain, man. I mean, this is not 1983. Yeah. This is everything has changed in collegiate sports. The money has added up over time. Mississippi State has a lot of it. Mississippi State is not a poor school. Yeah. Um, you know, they might be towards the bottom when we talk about food chain, and they might they might be poor towards the bottom in the SEC, but the bottom in the SEC is still better than most places in the group of five. So it it just is what it is, mm-hmm. and it's not a shot at Southern Miss. I think Southern Miss has a chance to be good this year. I love Will Hall. I love what he's doing there. Uh, but you know, State should win this game well. Uh, yeah. But it's it's not an easy spot on the schedule either. Right. Next week we'll be talking about Texas A and M. So we'll we'll talk about the Aggies uh, next week. All right, tomorrow. Sorry, today. 
today as you're listening. Come join us at Long's Fish Camp in Enterprise, Mississippi for lunch. Some great cat fried catfish, courtesy of our friends. Well, I say courtesy. You got you have to pay for it. But the catfish is good because it's superior catfish. Robbie and I will be there talking MSU sports, so we'll have a lot of fun, and uh, we'll continue the Thunder and Lightning summer catfish tour. Guys, have a great Thursday. We'll see you on Friday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.